0: Witches are basically White Walkers with no head. They are harmless. This is the <laughs> serious spoilers. <laughs> I knew uh, Josh would love that spoiler, especially. But hey, welcome to Spooky Spoilers. This is week three, I think, of our fourth year of Spooky Spoilers. I'm your host, Pappy, recording from Louisville, Colorado. I'm very excited about the crew we got with us tonight because we have the return of one of my favorite guests (gasps) in the history of the podcast. He was on Mandy. (gasps) He was on Christmas Chronicles. And what goes better with those two than Suspiria? We have Zach from Florida.
1: (laughs) All right, all right, all right. First of
0: all, how have you been?
1: Oh man, I've been doing good. Life's treating me well. I literally just got done watching Suspiria like five minutes ago, so I got some. I got some things to say, man. That movie is nuts. Oh,
0: that's great to hear. And, and I really <laughs> wanted to have you on because actually, I was listening back to the Mandy episode, and we talked about Suspiria on there. I don't know if you remember that or not, but especially the uh, the light hammer.
1: Yeah, yeah, I was going to say the colors, the insane lighting. Yeah, totally. There's mm-hmm. definitely some inspiration there from or for Mandy, that's for sure.
0: Awesome. Well, it's going to be another great pod, just like Mandy was. But also joining us, we have our regular hosts, uh, starting with the guy who most recently hosted, uh, Stevie, my good friend. You hosted Child's Play as part of Spooky Spoiler. I did.
1: <laughs> did, you, did awesome.
0: You, did you have any context of Suspiria going into it? Had you seen the remake? Had you seen this? What's your... Have you seen any Dario Argento?
2: Zero context. I mean, I had no idea what this movie was even about. The only thing I knew about this movie was ballet, and that was it. I had no idea about anything about anything, so I was pleasantly surprised about how crazily awesome this movie was.
0: Was there more ballet or less ballet than you expected? (laughs)
2: Less ballet than I thought. it was about three minutes of ballet. I thought it was
0: going to be
2: 97% (laughs) ballet, and like horror would trickle down through, but no, it was like 20 seconds of ballet.
0: Well, uh, speaking of a man who's light on his feet and can dance like a motherfucker, my good friend Brett, recording from Fort Wayne, (laughs) uh, you hosted on American Movie. I I do want to get this out of the way, because I have a sneaking suspicion of what the answer is, but did you like this movie and if you didn't it's fine because it might be good to have a voice on there but just just level set for the audience where you're coming from uh
3: with uh, this hey everybody this is brett from fort wayne um yep. with about 10 to 15 minutes left of the movie i looked at my wife and i said this movie sucks <laughs> so uh that's <laughs> where i'm coming from it, there were some cool things about it i just i mm, we'll get to it i guess
0: no and that and honestly i i don't want you to feel like you're being ganged up on on this pod because suspiria is just one of those movies where it's it's just such a film nerd movie that you'd have to like dig really really deep to find any like actual criticism of it so i'd, I'd love to hear what you don't like about I it get like, that. I mean, well
3: i would say you have to dig really really deep to find an actual storyline as well
0: <laughs>
3: hey now oh, yeah.
1: absolutely coming out hot. absolutely all
0: right and last <laughs> but not least uh I think you last hosted on King Kong vs. Godzilla. Josh, uh, where are you recording from? And what's your favorite spooky spoilers movie that we've done ever? Or that you've done, I guess. That I've or, done? Or, or, yeah, or anything in the canon. Is there anyone that stuck out to you?
4: Uh, I think just a classic... Sco- oh, this is Josh recording from Goshen, Indiana. Uh, I think a classic spoiler to go back and listen to to get a lot of our jokes, like our in-house jokes... Would be the uh, Evil Dead two, mm. because mm. Brett I think at that point had said yes to every single movie <laughs> so far, and suddenly he says no to cult classic <laughs> out of nowhere, and kind of been talking about that ever since. So that one kind of sticks. Yeah, out, I'm I think. getting a
0: theme with Brett on spooky spoilers. Maybe I'm. No, maybe I, I'm wrong. I was
3: actually just thinking some of my favorite movies we've spoiled have been on spooky spoilers. Now, obviously, Ghostbusters that's you know my favorite movie, but. For, the Cabin in the Woods is an awesome movie, and I've been thinking about It Follows a lot lately, and I think that's an awesome movie,
1: too.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Speaking of It, it Follows,
0: it. Uh, Money Mike's hanging out with his brother tonight, so he can't be on And we're actually recording this on Host Jordan's birthday, so shout out to to Host Jordan. But birthday, let's Joe. get into what we're here to talk about. That's the movie Suspiria. Um, I I haven't struggled this much like gathering notes for a podcast in a long time. This was harder <laughs> than The Room because of the lack of story, but... I want to sort of set the scene in the audience's imagination, and just in case you hadn't seen this movie for whatever reason, Zach, we talked about it on Mandy. But if you were going to describe the overall aesthetic of Asper- *Suspiria* of, to someone who had never seen it before, what would you what would you say about it?
1: Um, I'd say it's very highly stylized. Mm-hmm. It's got lots of really, really intense, vivid colors. It's got lots of really crazy, colorful lighting, and it's just like. Um, I would say that you could take like pretty much any scene from it and it would make for like a cool like print on your wall, kind of like a painting, you know? Mm. It's just a very, mm. very take, visual movie.
4: Mm. I take a little issue when Zach says the word colors because
1: it's really just red. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Oh yeah. Red, red does get the most love for sure. There's no doubt about that whatsoever.
0: The whole dance room is yellow. Yeah. There's a green outside. Yeah, I'm,
1: prob- I'm probably kind of biased also because I'm <laughs> looking at an image right now of that crazy-ass peacock that had like a million colors. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's probably where my bias is coming from. But yeah, Josh is right, man. Red was definitely predominant.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: It was uh, one of the last films to shoot in Technicolor, and, and I read, Stevie, that the, ah, an- that the uh, interesting. creative team went to Snow White uh, yeah. for inspiration. Did you did you get a vibe of that watching this movie?
2: Oh, for sure.
0: Um, yeah, especially interesting. Like the, the
2: beginning of this movie is crazy with the architecture and it's like, there's a lot, like Josh said, a lot of bright red in this movie and just the colors just pop off screen. So most definitely I saw that, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And one more thing about sort of the aesthetic of the scene I want to say before we try and get into what the fuck happens in this movie. Uh, <laughs> it's got an incredible... Score. Um, Goblin, uh, A mm-hmm. what would you call them, like a prog rock band, uh, <laughs> uh, did the score. Um, Brett, you complained that it was loud on your mix. W- where did you watch it? Did you watch it on the link that I sent or on Tubi or someplace else?
3: I watched it on Tubi. Uh, I mean, again, okay. I, I enjoyed the music, but there's, to me there's like not a lot of dialogue in this movie. And I just I feel like yeah, the, they wanted the music to be super loud to kind of fill in for the lack of dialogue. It was super cool super creative like it reminded me a lot of um is it uh gosh is it halloween Hall- or halloween yeah yeah because a little like like sounds in the background um but sure yeah yeah maybe even like a nightmare on elm street but it was cool i mean it, was, it just was very very loud very prevalent i guess it would be the word i'd was, oh, God, yes. I would argue it wasn't loud enough. <laughs> you definitely can make
2: an
0: argument. Stevie wants to awesome. turn that shit to 11. I mean, yeah, even like coming out of the gate, the, the intro of the film is so unconventional because you have those wild-ass drums playing and you have the credits rolling. And out of nowhere, there's a narrator who's telling us about Susie Bannon on her way from JFK to Germany. Susie
1: Bannon decided to perfect her ballet studies in the most famous school of dance in Europe. She chose the celebrated Academy of Freeburg. One day at
0: nine in the morning, she left Kennedy Airport, New York, and arrived in Germany at 1040
1: p.m. local time.
0: Josh, let's go to you. And I know it's tough. Uh, Speaking of the music, I really like the part in the airport when the doors are opening. and You can hear the music playing, and they close, and the music stops, that theme that was playing in the background, but...
1: The movie yeah,
0: cool. does a weird thing where it, Susie Bannon is our protagonist, but the focus of the film shifts quickly to a character named Pat, who, like many characters in this movie, doesn't have long in the film. But Josh, what <laughs> cool. do you remember about sort of the first murder, the way that Dario Argento sets the scene?
4: I think a big part of setting the scene is the voiceover, like you mm-hmm. said, over just white text over a black screen with the credits. its I've never seen anything like that. <laughs> and then the first scene to really set the stage here is you literally like take the entire cab ride with the main character all the way from the airport to the house. And it's like they forgot to edit this and they just let all the raw footage roll for like the entire taxi ride. It just felt <laughs> extremely long. And that was the first point I was like, where are they going with this movie? Is this a sit like a bottled? movie so they're just like uh, really strange anyway <laughs> <I> <laughs>
1: because agree. she
4: sees a woman out her window uh the kind of perspective of the whole movie changes to that woman and um y- do you actually want me to run through what happens to her pappy or, yeah are we there yeah, let's get, yeah
0: we're there let's get into it
4: <laughs> i guess she's talking to a mother figure because she had gotten expelled from the ballet school and the mother's like, don't worry about it. Everyone gets kicked out of school, honey. <laughs> and She's like, I don't care about that. It's stuff that I can't even describe to you. And one of the things in my notes is the mom goes, oh, please tell me about it, honey. Well, you don't have to right now. <laughs> she, like, <walks> out. <laughs> oh, wow.
0: You have to tell me all about it. Okay, you can tell me about it later.
4: So she walks out and the door gets locked behind her. And uh, so this scene... It's at the window, and maybe somebody else wants to take it from here. She sees eyes open, and there's, like, this wind thing happening...
1: Um, another really bizarre detail I noticed in that scene that was just like seemed so purposeful was there's was this weird ass white and pink dresser or statue in the corner, and it was like I don't know it looked like a freaking phallic symbol or something. <laughs> 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 I don't know what to tell you, man. It was there. It was have there. To post that
0: to our Instagram. <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely, dude. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that I that cracked me up about that was you get the freaky man hands that smashed through the glass. They're, like, <laughs> gigantic, like, Sasquatch hands. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, there was all kinds of weird shit. It was, like, scary masculine force invading the girl's, like, safety area, you know? Like, I don't know, man. There was some weird I stuff thought this, going on under I the I thought scenes. the five minutes
3: of this movie, that part was actually really well done. Um, uh, I actually thought yeah. that was cool. I mean, obviously it looks... Like, I've never seen really anything like that hanging scene.
1: Um, mm, yeah, it was weird. It was
3: <laughs> just crazy. And the stabbing, I mean, it looked fake, but it like looked cool fake. I don't know. I thought that was pretty well done. It was kind of creepy. I mean, it didn't scare me because they show that kind of in the trailer. But I thought that was all pretty well done.
4: I'm really picking up what Zach is laying down about the creepy fetishizing of it because (laughs) even like right when she walks out of the airport, she just gets soaked. (laughs) So it's just like this cute, slight girl, all soaked and helpless. And the taxi driver on the way there is kind of gruff and she's under his control. And yeah, yeah. It just kind of has that feeling all the way through. I think, but anyway, back to the window, (laughs) the wind blows open the window. She sees eyes in it. She's using her, uh, side table lamp to like light up the window or something (laughs) and that hand busts through and at first it starts like suffocating her against the window yeah and just like pulling her against it and then her head busts through (laughs) then so great the the guy comes in stabs her in the chest and those are like pretty brutal Mm -hmm. and Meanwhile, the mom is outside, just banging on windows and doors. There's a murderer in the building. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: The mom looked a lot like uh, Amy Irving from Carrie, the curly-haired friend. I couldn't. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did, so, who with?
2: was the guy that commits the murder? Was that the big ginormo dude at the at the dance school? I thought it was just
3: witch witchcraft. Dude, I don't know. Those were some hairy arms. Those were some, yeah. like... they look like bare arms, well, They were hairy honestly. at first, but then when they showed them later, they weren't hairy. I saw that in the uh, a mistake thing. Huh. Interesting.
2: Mm.
0: Well, I the, believe. The strange thing to me, Stevie, and I'm curious on your opinion, having just, like, really fresh come off this for the first time is... Oh, yeah. I feel like the movie wants you to question whether or not witchcraft is present, but at the same time, it's constantly saying... Which <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, in the music, yeah. and the people, like... Why do they yeah. keep saying
2: that? Well, so Yeah, why? Why do, they,
0: why do they keep saying that, Stevie? What do you think is the purpose?
2: I don't know. I mean, also, I feel like they could have done the handoff of this movie a little differently, But going between, um... What's her name? Susie? Mm-hmm. Was her main character's <laughs> name? Susan? Going from her to... Uh, to Pat. Pat. I feel like they... <sighs> I felt like they gave too much away when she was like, I can't explain it to you. Then it gets a little paranormal and then she's murdered. Like, had they just kind of started, I think, with, um, the motherly type figure, like Josh said, with her just like pounding on the doors and saying, there's a murder, there's a murder. And then like the hanging scene and then cut from there, it'd have been a little more effective. Mm-hmm. Cause then like from there on, I'm like, oh, something is really amiss here. You know? Yeah, no. There wasn't like, anything like left to like the imagination.
0: And not only that, like the first time that I saw this, there's nothing as far as the language of film to indicate that the our focus has shifted from Susie to Pat. Like it's literally just like a cut of Susie in the cab. And then all of a sudden we're following Pat's story now. And then I was like, wait, who is this person at first? I was very confused <laughs> the first time I saw it. I was like, and this. And the Susie?
4: two girls look similar too. So yeah. I was questioning in my mind, is this like a flashback or something? Mm-hmm. They don't look that somewhere but yeah i know i was (sighs) confused
2: it's kind of a strange like handoff too because it's like they get to she gets to the school and she's not let in she sees pat acting hysterical she runs away and then after she's not like able to get into the school she's driving and she sees her running in the woods and like that's our handoff it's really strange Mm -hmm. i can't let
4: pat move on from the scene before we talk about the close-up of the exposed heart that gets so awesome creepy how how physically does the science hold up in stabbing someone four times and their entire heart is splayed open and exposed to the wind? I've never seen that one before.
0: It's like the <laughs> definition of overkill, to stab someone in the heart multiple times after shoving their <laughs> face through a glass window and before hanging them through a glass.
3: Dude, <laughs> <Literally, laughs> you know, I was Literally right before that happened, I was like thinking... Man, he's being really mean to her and stabbing her. I actually said to Brittany, I go, if he could could he just stab her in the heart so she'll die? And then half a second later, they she actually stabs the heart and she doesn't Literally. die? I don't know. It's a strong muscle. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> what, what confused me the most is why she doesn't know how light works um, when she's looking out the window in a lit room in a dark outside. I think – holding a lamp up to the window is pretty not a good way to see what's out there. It did create a cool effect, though, with the reflection coming back off the window. But it's literally going to make it twice as hard to see what's out there. She's like, let's see what's outside. (laughs) (laughs) Let's make it
0: even harder to see, but yeah. It's like, I I mean i'm not gonna lie the story is is kind of thin and the motivations of the characters might be even more thin Uh but we're introduced to <laughs> many more characters and what i wish like josh indicated what i wish was kind of more of a bottle piece in the dance academy uh, it's uh, it's obviously the strongest part of the film kind of what goes on here uh brett were there any characters from the dance academy that you remember that really stuck out <laughs>
3: Yeah, the person I thought was going to be a huge character who never shows up again, Olga. 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 Oh, <laughs>
2: squawk, squawk, squawk. Mata Hari is going to file her report.
3: What's up with that? I actually also like the, um, not the head, not the deputy headmistress, but like the, like the military. Ish type woman. I thought she was pretty good. Yeah. I thought she did a pretty good job for what she had. Oh,
1: yeah.
4: For I know sure. nothing about the background of the movie, but my guess would be like Olga was only on set for like the first two weeks. So, <laughs>
3: yeah. She absolutely. <laughs>
4: they wrote it in the story. She a lot of her scenes disappears. got cut. Did it?
3: I saw at least yes. one of her scenes got cut where she was going to be uh, like uh, an apprentice of the women. She was going to be doing witchcraft, but they cut it.
1: Interesting.
3: I-, I have a question. I'm sure we'll get to it. I just want to get this out of the way. Has the director never seen blood before or was that on purpose because of the red? What do you mean? It was the most bright red. It looked, it looked like bright red paint throughout the whole movie. That's one thing Brittany and I both noticed. And I was wondering if he maybe did it on purpose because to go with the red aesthetic or if he just never really seen blood before.
0: I think it's more of a stylized choice, but
3: okay, I what I you figured- said. What you Was say, blood does looking water, super
2: though? realistic in the 70s?
3: There's a lot – There's. You can, I guarantee you could make it a lot more realistic than – I mean, it looked like bright red paint. I, guess,
2: I mean, I, this I, is I'm an Italian happy. film production, right?
3: They have different blood in Italy?
2: No, what I'm saying is <laughs> I don't think that's as important to them as like other facets of the movie.
3: I'm just saying, isn't the same decade that like
2: Halloween – And you're questioning and... the color of blood in a movie about witches. <laughs> Witch.
0: Well, yeah, I guess that's true. Well, speaking of witches, Zach, how would you describe uh, Madame Blanc?
1: Um, are you talking about her in her human form or in her witchly form? Either way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I thought she was pretty over the top, kind of like a crazy soap opera, you know, kind of an approach to her character. Um, Like, at the very end, like when you see uh Susie, you know, walking through the corridor, and then she... Overhears the room of nefarious plans, and the lady's like, "She must die. She must die." <laughs> yeah, like, either. it's just like very over the top and funny. <laughs> but wait I a mean, second,
4: she's not the same person that gets the white, the like, Mister Game and Watch outline, is she?
0: No, <laughs> no, that is the uh, what? Are the, the direct, That's Helena. Something. Yeah, something. Helena. Yeah, yeah. Helena Marcos. Helena Marcos. Got it. I mean, I, th- there's a weird sort of, like, characterization of all of these, like, women interacting with each other. They, they're they obsessed with yeah. money, for one. They're very <laughs> juvenile, and they, like, they kind of tease each other. I mean, it's, it's a very strange kind of dynamic uh, between the girls.
2: Did you read the trivia on that, Pap? No. Okay, so uh, I, the way I read it was the director's father produced this movie...
0: Dario Gentry's dad? Okay.
2: Yeah. And when uh, the director initially wrote it, he wrote this for like 12 and 13-year-olds. Oh. And so the dad was having none of it because of the violence. So he switched it to like 20-year-olds but kept the dialogue the exact same. He didn't like switch any of the dialogue. I saw that. That's crazy.
1: That's bizarre. So
2: that's why they're acting like so weird around each other is because (laughs) – it's dialogue so meant for like a twelve year old and like
3: juvenile, yeah. Yeah, his dad <laughs> thought it would be banned.
1: That's funny. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, that's. I told Ricky wow. that. She's like, that's creepy. I was like, yeah.
0: It Makes a lot of sense with lines like uh, when they're talking about the names that begins with S and it rhymes with snakes, and then yeah, they just, like for sure. stick their tongue out at each other. It's a very juvenile <laughs> uh, exchange. Yeah.
3: Susie, Sarah. I once read that names which begin with the letter S are the names of snakes.
0: Uh, we talked about the uh, the big hairy dude, uh, Pavlo, or how do say his name? Uh, it's kind of, Miss Tanner kind of shits on him. He calls him really ugly and then really handsome and smiles as he walks away. Uh it's a Matthew Modine looking dude, um, who's kind of the love interest in this movie. But he wish is, he looks like Matthew Modine <laughs> What's the opposite of Chic Modine. <laughs>
3: Valley Modine. <laughs> yeah, that's what this guy was. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: okay, so Valley Modine, they talk about again, like Olga is obsessed with money. They talk about how he doesn't have a lot of money. Zach, do you think that he was in on the witchcraft? What is his, is he being pulled into the occult? Like, what is, what's happening with him? Do you, if you had a guess, speculate. Man, I don't I
1: mean, think he knew. I mean, it was such a, such a broad stroke of a character. Like, I only remember, like, little bits and pieces of him, but yeah, I don't know, man. I would, he seemed like he was a weird innocent. Like, I didn't really get any witchy vibes from him, but I don't know. He just seemed like he was maybe just a a local, you know, guy that, like, was not in on their little cult. Like, they just hired him or whatever, but he wasn't in on the actual cult. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. He
4: seems to have gotten a lot of scenes deleted. (laughs) Oh, really? Definitely
1: looks like
3: it happened. That was crazy.
4: Yeah. It seems like they laid seats for him to have sort of a soft side. For sure. But the end of the movie, he's just straight up trying to murder them. (laughs) Yeah. The last image is him like, choke yourself. (laughs) (laughs) He's in the doorway.
1: that's funny.
0: One other character who barely has any speaking parts at all is the hallway, uh, or the cook, who sits in the hallway and flashes light. Uh, This is important because it somehow disables (laughs) Susie. Which? Just like the principal from Matilda. (laughs) Dude, Trunchbull? Definitely Trunchbull. Trunchbull, she's just like her. It's her second Matilda reference in two episodes. Uh, But. So, Susie is being drugged, but Josh, to what, to what end? Like, what is, what is their plan? They have this. It's. Uh, I'm trying to think of what it reminds me of. Of where they have a sort of a doctor feeding the guy poison, but she's sort of been being manipulated by everyone around her. It's this weird professor guy. But why? In the story, are they doing this? It makes sense to to move the plot along, Josh. But do you have any theories on why they're? choosing to drug her at this point
4: okay so what this reminds me of is old stories about like the KGB and CIA in the 60s and even 50s um using LSD to like try to get people to do things so whether that's like release information or be like a sleeper agent or to like achieve ESP like obviously a lot of it's fake and just rumors but there's like definitely some truth to this whole idea of like gaslighting someone while you're giving them really strong doses of medicine. So easy. Yeah. I, wow. I don't know. I kind of enjoyed that part of the movie. And one of my favorite shots is this like rack focus from a door that shuts to a super close up of the wine glass, just like getting emptied by her. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the whole movie, she, her diet is kind of suppressed and she's being fed and, injected and flashed with light. <laughs> <laughs> Look into the
1: light. Yeah.
0: I remembered uh what it reminds me of. It reminds me of Rosemary's Baby. There's a very similar plot point in that where there's a doctor who's who's poisoning a protagonist. But I, I hadn't heard the word coven coven before in my life, but I've literally heard it like three times in the past like month. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's going on with that. Coven. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Bader Meinhof. <laughs> Coven's no good. It sounds like oven. <laughs> yes, that <Zach. laughs> Thank you, Zach. <laughs>
0: but so, I mean, we, we sort of like the heart of the movie is kind of really coming up here. Susie's at the dance academy. She's being drugged at night. Uh, but for me, the grossest scene is coming up here. Brett, do you remember what happens?
3: (laughs) Yeah, I remember Uh, what happens.
0: I know. You know what I'm talking about. Go ahead. Why don't you describe what happens here?
3: So I'm guessing, uh, does it start with her brushing her hair? Yes. Okay. So she's brushing her hair and uh, all of a sudden she's brushing out maggots that are leaking from the uh, the ceiling all over everything and they're all over the floor and everyone's running out and what's her face, Mrs. uh, The Professor or whatever. It's like a... It was so dark; it was hard to tell. But I, I read that it was a rotten crate of vegetables,
4: supposedly. Yeah.
3: Oh, uh, so it could have been like body. Britney thought it was body parts, but so that yeah, this maggots everywhere. That's the
4: implication, right? There's like a hid body. Is that kind of what they're trying to say? I think so. Sounds right.
0: I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, I the first time I watched it, I <laughs> took it at face value that it was uh, fruit, but then that doesn't really fit thematically. But she's also very strange. Like, why are there maggots up here? Like, maybe they just like keep their bodies with their bananas or something, and they go bad really fast. <laughs> I have no, I have no idea. Ooh,
4: maybe it's like one of their uh, like witchcraft seance things, kind of like going wrong or like uh, sending something to the wrong place or something.
0: Mm, that could be. That's cool. I mean, does did this scene freak anybody else out? This is literally the scariest scene of the movie. It didn't freak me
3: out as much as just it grossed me out. <laughs> oh yeah.
1: Nasty shit, man. Oh, no, thank you.
2: I got a little squeamish, and I kept showing the feet stomping on the maggots. Yeah. It's like, we get oh, it. Yeah. You're walking on them. God.
1: God. Very
4: nauseated. Some real animal abuse. Yeah. <laughs> Swiss Family Robinson up in the Oh, God.
3: <laughs> yeah, basically on the same level. I think you're allowed to kill maggots, man.
4: <laughs> well this
0: yeah. weird maggot scene leads into one of my favorite scenes from a visual perspective. Uh, Zach, do you remember the sleepover? Kind of what happens? <laughs> oh yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. They're out there in the whatever gymnasium and they've got the big, like cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah
1: that that basically sums it up
2: <laughs> yeah oh my god sorry is <laughs> oh no dude i
1: i'm i'm spent no that's exactly it man hit the nail on the head <laughs>
2: but what the hell was valiant modine doing in that scene where he's like waving then he just like
3: floats down oh, yeah. It's yeah. the Weird. weirdest scene josh is probably right they probably cut out an entire scene where she
1: sneaks off and they
3: make out or something it's so
1: scared. weird. It's going to be a warlock or yeah. something. That was like his last scene. Yeah. Yeah. You get nothing else from that guy.
0: No, he does collaborate later that uh, Sarah left via car, which she obviously didn't oh, yeah. do. And we'll, we'll talk about her death. But oh. That's, that, that is his last scene. He has like literally two more speaking lines after this. But what yeah, we were yeah. hinting at there with the uh, obnoxious snoring noises we were all making was that the directress <laughs> is there. And Zach, I want to go back to you. Sure. Why? <laughs> why is she in the gym as a sleepover? It's creepy and, and it sets up Sarah like from a foreshadowing perspective, but is there any logical plot reason on why the
1: director should be in the gym? <sighs> I, I can't think of any. I mean, the only thing I can think of is, like you said, that it was done as, like, uh, the witch is trying to, like, I don't know, intimidate them or, like, exert authority over them, like, you cannot escape us or something like that. But, yeah, other than that, dude, I think it might have just been a weird stylistic choice by our Hento, man. He was just throwing caution to the wind. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you like the look of it, though, like her silhouette in the red? Oh, Yeah.
1: Oh, absolutely. It's freaking cool as hell. It's, yeah, it's I'm very well shocked shot at you guys. What's
4: that? This is really one of your favorite scenes, Pat. I mean, from a visual perspective, it's, it's just,
0: there's this weird, like, overhead <sighs> shot thing, them all, like, getting set up. Like, and, 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 and yeah. I, I really respect the way that this film throws logic to the wind from a color perspective. There's absolutely <laughs> no reason why it should be that red, why it should be backlit yeah. in that way, but it just is because it looks cool. And there's also kind of this weird mm-hmm. fisheye lens effect that's going on a lot. Josh, did you pick up on that at all? It's like almost like morphed or something. Maybe I'm crazy,
4: but mm-hmm. uh is it kind of like that same camera that does those rack focuses and there's a couple extreme push-ins I remember. Mm-hmm. Um I don't remember fisheye, but I also think this scene is and I don't want to dwell on this too much as we go through the pod, but like all of the young twenty-year-olds sleeping in one room, like it's kind of like that same thing we were talking about earlier with the fetishizing. Like, oh we'll, yeah, we'll get to it. But well, there's also, and I don't want to bring it up along the way, but there's like a pool scene, and
3: no, is that the scare? Is that the scariest pool since it follows? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Why would you think it was scary, Brett? Well,
3: it's just, I, I guess, me. I, I, I like, I read like the the direction was to make it like move as quietly and quickly as possible so you didn't like make any way and it just was just kind of a creepy pool not like it follows but i just said to Brittany, i go it's like the creepy pool from it follows so well, the <laughs> creepiest
0: part of the pool to me was the fact that like you're observing the pool like you're some kind of third party person who's spying on them
3: you know what i mean like yeah n- nips mm,
1: yeah
0: the implication that like these these witches of the co- coven are hiding around but <laughs> because of the <laughs> implication, yeah. You you touched on it, Josh. We're here. Let's just talk about it. I I think there's actually a decent amount of restraint, uh, especially from a film in a country where there wouldn't be such uh, restrictions on what's done sexually, and in a time when there were a lot of you know sexual comedies. Like, there's no scene of two girls making out. There's no bags in this movie. There's no nudity in this movie whatsoever. I, I guess yeah, when, true. when you're and talking Brady about that Josh, what do you what do you mean?
4: Yeah, and I think that almost makes it weirder that there's no nudity <laughs> even in <laughs> okay. um in Carrie. Interesting. Like they open up with a locker room scene and Full it's like, shockingly nude, yeah. And in this movie they kind of open up and introduce all the girls in a similar scene. All the clothes on. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, right. So it's weird, but I don't know. I just thought, like, whoever the director was just had his mind made up, like, no nudity in my film. But at the same time, uh, there's plenty of, like, tight clothing and girls getting wet in situations with, like, big men being helpless and all sleeping in the same room. And mm-hmm. it just has that vibe to it, Pab. It's just, I oh, think yeah. it adds to the creepiness of it, good or oh,
0: bad. Yeah, but definitely. I would definitely like agree with you that that I think it more enhances the discomfort of watching the movie. You're not supposed to feel good when you're watching Suspiria and every aesthetic and plot and character choice is like directed towards that, making you feel uncomfortable watching this movie. But let's, let's move on. Uh, Stevie, there's one main (laughs) character we haven't talked about yet. That's the Adrian Brody looking blind. (laughs) Stevie Wonder. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Talk to us about him a little bit.
2: Okay, so... I thought it was just a random scene in the movie. I didn't realize he was actually going to be in the movie as much as he was, but... He's a blind, Adrian Brody-looking pianist. <laughs> his, his uh I guess you could say, his seeing-eye dog is very fierce. And he plays piano during ballet. <laughs> and... For whatever reason, I don't know why they singled him out. He seemed to be having a good time, just doing his job, not rustling any ways with the witches. <laughs> they fire him. They turn his dog well, against the young child.
0: Yeah. Okay. So you think that the was the dog aware that it was kind of some demonic Dude, force that did make him? any like, sense what? to
3: me? I have no idea. It was the, I, I? I have no idea, man. That's crazy. They flashed him with light. He
0: couldn't see. Like he <laughs> would know
2: witchcraft witch is going on. He, I mean. Why fire him? He's just playing Mm. the piano having a good time.
1: Exactly. He also
2: had the most gruesome death.
1: Yeah.
3: What's happening?
2: Who's there? This seemed to be like a pretty like decently I mean, population-wise of this town. It seemed to be a big town in Germany. And for somehow, he's walking alone, and there's no one in sight whatsoever. And there's this demonic force <laughs> that keeps circling around and circling around. And <laughs> and even though um, he is blind, he knows something is amiss. Something's far off. There's a dog, yeah. Yeah, he's not picking up what this demon's putting down whatsoever. And... You're waiting for kind of, like, this demon to come out of nowhere and just murk him, but no, it's this dog that rips his throat out.
0: <laughs> it's, it's pretty disturbing, I mean. Oh, yeah. Zach, do you have any notes on the uh, the dog ripping the throat out?
1: Uh, Not specifically, other than, like, yeah, like you said, it was weird how much this guy was, like, being victimized, like... <laughs> He's an an innocent dude. <laughs> he he stumbled upon the plot. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and they just like literally like it's like they sadistically decided to just you know deme- dismember this poor guy, make his life hell beforehand.
3: <laughs> I thought the scene was was okay, uh, decently well done, but I thought it went on a little too long, like maybe two or three minutes too long. But mm. I don't know the slow walking. Yeah, I don't know. I thought. I thought it could have a little bit been cut, but
4: I don't know. Pappy, what you were just talking about with the fish eye kinda clicked for me with this guy because when she fires him and there's a huge jerk to him, they have this like shot from over the top. And yes. He's like walking across the room and it's a really cool shot, and I think it's a really good use of that Cameron effect there. And he's he she like tosses his walking stick so he has to like walk blindly and pick it up and it's so funny because he's like I'm blind, I'm I'm not not deaf, deaf, (laughs) bitch! (laughs) (laughs) She's letting her have it, and I love that part, Pat.
3: I'm going to try to understand that, that I'm blind, not deaf. Get it? Huh? Not deaf. Not deaf, you understand that? (laughs) You understand?
0: (laughs) Which, do you think he's implying that he is aware of what's going on from an occult perspective? He's saying that he's heard some oh, shit or something. Back. I just
3: assume that she's so loud. He's like, "Please shut up." But you could be right. That's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I, I thought
3: that he was implying
0: that, like, you know, he's sort of uh, eyes wide shut type deal that he had heard some stuff going on in the ceremonies and was able to kind of allude to that. Uh, one other thing, though, about his death, I want to talk about. Apparently, that square where he dies is a very famous square from a German it historical perspective. Uh, yeah, Adolf Hitler. Like, I guess if you. L- see any of the speeches like almost always he was giving them ah. in that square Oh jeez whoa so you know dario yeah so dario Argento, being an italian uh part of the axis yeah. powers maybe that was intentional i would guess in 77 that it was so it's
2: a very infamous square yeah,
0: infamous oh. <laughs> more than <famous>. <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly but uh i just thought that was interesting uh, wow. but from here the movie really becomes the sarah and susie show uh we have a lot of kind of solving the mystery together um zach do you remember name kind of the things that they do to to solve the mystery Susie's really out of it as we're having these conversations
1: but. <laughs> hey man you know i'll be honest you're probably gonna have to field this question to somebody else because during a lot of those scenes i was just like looking at background elements and stuff <laughs> well that's perfect <laughs> wasn't really following the yeah. plot or what? Li- what little snippets there were, yeah,
0: yeah. I can at least fill in from a plot perspective. They're like counting steps. They're saying like, "Do you know anything about witches?" They they, they realize uh, that yeah, the yeah, that yeah. they never leave the place that they're going to the right. Mm. But Susie isn't like cognizant of any of these conversations. She's kind of like in a half
1: like roofied state, mm. basically. But that's right.
0: But, but from a, from a visual perspective, did you pick up anything cool?
1: Um, part? Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, just in general, uh, a lot of the interiors had some really crazy geometric symbols everywhere and like it Mm -hmm. reminded me of The Shining because I actually noticed that the last time I watched The Shining I was just like huh What's up with all these, like, arcane, uh, you know, like, with the, black magic geometric symbols everywhere? <laughs> and the carpet, I, yeah. In the shining, when Danny's like, right, yeah. Totally, yeah. And, like, and that's basically something that we're seeing here. And, like, around this same time, I was saying to my wife, I was like, you know, this is almost like an Italian The Shining. Like, you know, it's almost like their own, uh, similar approach like as you know the shining is also really light on story it's like all about the atmosphere and damn does it have great atmosphere um maybe it's Mm. a little bit more coherent than (laughs) (laughs) susperia is pretty out there man but yeah no it's just an interesting thing i noticed you know looking at the backgrounds is all these crazy geometric shapes all over the place
0: yeah i mean it's it's really visually striking sarah unfortunately isn't uh long for this movie um (laughs) She ends up falling into a pit of piano strings. Makes sense. Oof. Oh, man. We know what the weird thing is, Stevie. I don't know if you had this effect watching this for the first time. It is so hard to remember how she gets there. Am I Mm -hmm. wrong? Like, you know what I mean? That whole sequence of her dying, it's very hard for me to, like, remember how that even happens. Did you have the same kind of experience? Yeah, I mean, it's long. I feel like her
2: death is, like, super long. Just for the fact it's, like, from this room to this room, climbing up the attic, going from the attic down to this room, thinking, you know, she uh
0: puts, like, suitcases up to get out a window, and then from the window into the wire. Mm-hmm. And it's there's a weird, like, establishing shot of the school before she's in the room with the wire, mm-hmm. which just makes it even, like, more confusing of, like, why are we showing the the exterior of this building where we already know that we're, where we are? There's no purpose of showing that cut, and then all of a sudden she's in the wire. Like it feels like a dream. I think if
2: Madame Blanc was watching this movie, uh, like her character would say, "Why the fuck do we have this much piano wire? Like I'm happy she's dead, but seriously, <laughs> who bought all
0: this piano wire? This seems like a waste. Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> this directly looked to me like. I forget if it was saw 2 or 3 but one of the victims falls into this like room full of hyperdermic needles saw 2 that's
3: 2
1: yeah ah, it's I not in it the room two, they two, uh yeah. there's
3: a key in there and she uh the they need to get it and the guy the big douchey guy throws the woman in there
4: but it's just kind of like that same kind of shot for shot uh, idea and I don't know I well it made me think that this movie probably does like Lend itself to a lot of inspiration in modern day saw. But Josh, and kind of there's this whole movies. scene in the
3: there's a thing in the first one where someone's actually in barbed wire, has to try to get through it. So
4: I try to forget those movies, Brett. One, <laughs> one just
3: terrible acting and terrible directing. Well, I, I just
0: to take something you said farther, Josh. I think literally every single A twenty four horror movie that's ever come out is either directly linked to Rosemary's Baby or this. Yep. like they're a direct. Story, visual. It's like everything that studio's ever done, like draws from these It always details. ends with a cult. Yes. It always ends with a cult. But one thing that thankfully A24 movies don't tend to do is this god awful exposition dump that happens in the real life <laughs> BMW headquarters. There's, I, this scene is pretty irredeemable. Uh, do you guys have any notes on it? I can just power through it. Wh- if you which want. one is but, it? Um, I don't know if anything stuck out. It's when so Susie leaves the. It's the only time Susie leaves, and she goes to like I said the the uh, headquarters of BMW. And she speaks with two different dudes because there's so much exposition it can't just fit into one character. They have to like break it up. I
3: love that dudes. actor though. Which actor? I recognized him right away. The um the young guy. Uh, have you ever seen Blade?
1: Yeah, Blade's awesome. He's the old I love leader
3: it. of the vampires. He's also the the oh, rich yeah, guy yeah, yeah, in yeah. H.
1: Ventura. Udo Kier. Yeah, that's Udo, his yeah. name. Udo Kier. Yeah. He's really young in this. That's the guy. But lately she was
3: upset about some notions put into her head by a friend of hers. Not you, I hope. No. They were kind of wild ideas. She had discovered that the Tam Academy was founded in 1895 by a certain Helena Marcos, a Greek immigrant. And that the local people believed her to
4: be a witch. I'm so glad you said irredeemable, because this isn't... Mm -hmm. This is like the second time to me they do this. The, the first time you meet Madame Blanc, she has like the room flower shop scene levels of weird speaking. Where it's oh, clearly, hi, dude. Yeah, she's like, oh, hi, you're late. So these guys are here for this, and your room is this. It's this many dollars. This is this, like, it is yeah. ridiculous. If you could play a clip of that, that'd be great.
2: Now, what I wanted to tell you is that your room here isn't free. Just a slight hit. Yes, but don't worry. We've already found you a place to stay with one of our third-year students who lives in town. You'll have to pay 50 of your American dollars a week, but it's a good price, and you can deduct it from your fee here. And now I entrust you to the care of Miss Tanner, one of our veteran teachers here. Don't be upset if she seems a little stern or silly. It's only her manner. She's even that way with me.
4: This is the second time I was so confused to who especially the first guy was, Pappy, and the second guy is the pappy character of the (laughs) film. And I actually (laughs) did enjoy listening to him, kind of.
0: I like the second guy way more. The first guy is some kind of psychologist, and he's the friend of Susie's, and he seems to to be a skeptic. He's saying that the... He tells Mm. us about Helena Marcos, that she founded the Academy, and the school burned down, but then he... He accredits this sort of interest in the occult to mental illness. Then the pathy-like character <laughs> comes in, and he talks about the the coven of witches. Uh, their goal is to get great wealth through <laughs> personal suffering. And like I mentioned in my spoiler, the strength resides in the leader. Uh, just real quickly, Josh, how do you feel about that as a plot point? That if you take out the head, all the <laughs> other little minions just kind of go away. Uh.
4: uh well, George R. R. Martin wrote it first, right? So <laughs> you take out the Night King, right? <laughs> oh wait, <laughs> so are you ins- insinuating that they pulled that from this? I mean, maybe. I think it's like uh for this it's one a it, trope. For this yeah. one, it kind of makes sense because this madam who's zombified and can be a ghost is kind of powering everything. I guess. I- I guess maybe it just doesn't bother me in this movie because everything's so nonsensical. Whereas in Game of Thrones, it's supposed to be gritty and realistic. And I don't know. Pappy, I hate you for setting me off the cliff (laughs) like this. Just throw me off the wall now.
0: I just couldn't stop thinking about Game of Thrones when he said, if you remove the head, the rest will fall. (laughs) It was so ridiculous. But thankfully, we get through that scene and we come to the final conflict. Stevie, fresh off this movie, Susie's back, and she's going to start unlocking this mystery. Feel free to jump as far ahead as you want, but what happens here in this little final showdown uh, with Susie and the coven? Okay, have we touched on how dead
2: friend um, Sarah was the one at the door? Mm Mm-hmm. How she was the one telling her to go away?
0: But you don't hear... Okay, one quick thing, too. It's a weird choice that films make when you can't... Solve the mystery on your own. Like Sarah's dialogue is unintelligible at the beginning, and Can't then, hear a like, damn thing. through through flashbacks, we come to understand. I what think she I said. now
2: know why there was no closed captioning because th- no program, no no or person could understand it. I'm sure if they ran <laughs> into the program, they're like, "We got nothing, boss." But
0: it's beyond science, yeah.
2: Um, so Susie's back. And her, all of her classmates, for some odd reason, are have gone to the theater to see some new show. I imagine it's an opera, and uh, it gets really strange because she's like uh, walking around the walking around pretty much the complex or the school. Um, she sees uh, Prince uh, Principal Trunchable um, cutting up <laughs> some meat, and then. <laughs> She kind of cracks the case by remembering how many steps are here, how many steps are here. And then she really solves the case by doing, <laughs> um, like memory close up yeah. of dead friend Pat or what would have been dead friend Pat, uh, saying things like the blue one, the blue flower,
1: the blue one. Jesus blue iron, told me so. He told me so.
2: <laughs> Jesus told me so. Uh. She turns. She gets into the flower door. That's when it starts to get. I mean, it has, hasn't gotten super creepy yet, but she realizes, like, for plot purposes, right when she walks in, they're talking about murdering her by explicitly <laughs> saying the American. Yeah, we must uh, kill the American. That was so corny. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I
3: did not like that very much. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, good for plot. And so, did it
4: frustrate you that they didn't use that scene? Like. She basically enters Pan's Labyrinth finally, and it seems like she could have poked her head in there a couple times throughout the film or something. It's a pretty cool set design. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: It's cool. I, my my biggest problem with it was kind of what Stevie was talking about. She does she counts 20 steps down the hallway, and she comes to a door. It's like glowing red. It's like, oh, this <laughs> must be the door. It's at the end ah, of the hallway. this is where the martyr's map red. took me to. Right. <laughs> looks so evil. <laughs> Uh, Zach, when I was watching this movie, I was almost doing like the high school poetry analysis of okay, this scene's green, this scene's red, this scene's yellow, what is he trying to say? I couldn't really come up with much from like analyzing it from that perspective, but. Were there anything visually that stuck out to you in this little part, or anything that you really liked about this last little showdown?
1: Um, let's see, what did I write? Uh, I wrote, Head Witch's Bedroom, Weird Ass Peacock Imagery, What Does It Mean? Perfect. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I wrote, Girl Faces Her Fear of the Evil Witch with the Peacock Quill, Like a Knight Facing a Dragon with a Sword, Female Hero's Journey... I mean, yeah, there was obviously that kind of thing. And, like, you guys are referencing, like, um, gosh, what was it? Hansel and Gretel or something? Or what was it? I don't know. Some, some like, kind of uh, fairy tale thing going on there for sure. But I was like, huh, all right, yeah. It's kind of like, you know, her getting the courage to go in there and face the evil. You know, that's, like, a recurring theme in, like, uh, you know, fairy tales and mythology and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Peacock. What does it mean? (laughs) Somebody tell me. It just reminds
4: me of going to, like, my great-grandparents' house back in the day, and they just had, like, this weird shit. Like, a peacock with eggs that will actually, like, break and are super heavy. Like, that's so
1: something. (laughs) Weird, uh, yeah, like, ornamentation.
0: I did appreciate, and and I believe it's very intentional, that in a film that is so dedicated to visuals... The quote-unquote final boss takes on an invisible form. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I feel like that's got to be yeah. on purpose. But but Brett, yeah. How does it play out? We we touched on it. Helena Marcos. What what goes down here at the very very end of the movie? So
3: she starts. She makes like she sneaks into this room because it's like she's either going to go in this room or get discovered by the tall mute guy. So, for some reason, she picks the room with the witch in it, but whatever. Um, she's trying not to make any noise, but she makes, like, a lot of noise, because that little raspy... <laughs> she's in the back, uh, sleeping. And then the witch wakes up with, as uh, Stevie brought up earlier, probably not, probably off pod, but that voice was pretty creepy. Um, so creepy. Yeah, it's... Um, mm-hmm pretty crazy, and the uh, what's-her-face grabs a knife, and she's like, you're gonna kill me?
4: <laughs> and so, <laughs>
3: this is where you die.
4: Dude, I think that's an Aladdin reference. I think when the genie's like, you can't bring people back from the dead. Jordan,
3: thats <laughs> possible. That's my favorite part of Aladdin, by the way. Um, so, <laughs> I guess it's just kind of like uh, Shao Kahn, uh, no, uh, Shang Tsung in Mortal Kombat. Instead uh, of her doing anything, she brings a dead person back to try to fight her. And hmm. even though she's invisible, she doesn't move from her spot, making her pretty easy to kill. So uh the the
4: lightning She goes game and watch. What? <laughs> she I thought my game and watch joke is pretty funny. It's like that white outline thing. <laughs> yeah. That <that's>,
3: <laughs> it's so like the
4: there's like lightning or something and it's just really
3: Really weird outline of her, and they do it like three times. <laughs> She's cackling like crazy, and then <laughs> Shannon just stabs her, and everything else kind of just crumbles into nothing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: one of uh we, we recently spoiled first blood which had a very sudden credits but i'll say this if you're gonna have sudden credits if you start it with you have now been watching in the name of the movie god damn that's a fucking hard yes for me every time <laughs> that was oh. awesome it was so yeah, great. It was pretty cool i guess yeah. any any other uh any other notes on the uh, last sort of show down there i don't want to
4: skip over it ends very abruptly brett reminded me of one of the creepiest parts of the movie because that girl her friend that she brings back from the dead she has yeah like when they reveal her dead body and she has like those pins stuck in her eyes that's pretty freaky Mm
3: -hmm. oh yeah yeah Yeah, it
1: was yeah definitely
0: all right what about any other uh final thoughts uh that you guys had uh zach anything in your notes we didn't uh
1: uh, Ah, that was, for the most part, pretty much it, man. But I'll do one quick glance over. I basically wrote, during the ending meltdown sequence, I thought to myself, way less subtle than The Shining. Like, they just went, like, full crazy (laughs) at the end, you know? Like, I don't know, it was more over the top than The Shining, I guess. Like, The Shining was a little bit more... uh grounded in some kind of reality, whereas Suspiria is just, like, batshit insane. Like, it's like a fucking uh, earthquake and flames shooting out the windows and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, like, very, very intense. But it was a cool meltdown, man. They just went full epic. It was a good time.
2: Pap, I have a question for you. Yeah. Did you see the new Suspiria? Oh, yeah. Are they related to each other in any way, or is it, like, far different?
0: You know, I, I did a little bit of, like refresher on the new Suspiria and I kind of read a couple reviews about a week ago to try to get ready for this podcast Uh, I find it frustrating when people, other critics say, you can't compare the two well dude, it's about a dance academy the characters have literally the same name it's the same loose story they are very comparable, but stylistically they are completely different the the new Suspiria is like much more measured, much more slow uh, less Less use of bright color, Zach. I know you saw it too. Oh, at, absolutely!
1: Yeah, the color is like very, very neutral, subdued. Like it does look yeah. like it was made in the seventies, but it's like earth tone and like subtle colors. There's no like insane bright oh, no reds fun. and purples and whatnot. Uh, maybe there's a couple scenes that have some good color, but yeah, overall, way more subdued, less crazy. Tilda Swinton plays a
0: dude, and there's like a fake penis at some point. I remember, and the ending is. Drastically different. It's also oh, like yeah. split up into six acts, uh, uh, which is very strange. And, and one of the acts is absolutely bad. It's six acts and an a epilogue, which is kind of oh, a long and a post
4: credit scene. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I,
0: I would recommend it. Uh, that was actually uh, the film that was requested to us to spoil by a fan, uh, but we've been keeping spooky spoilers short this year, so I thought I'd keep in that. Keeping that tradition. Um, any other final thoughts? Uh, are we ready for yes or no's?
1: Ready for yes and no's. Ready. All
0: right, let me go first. Uh, this is a hard yes for me. This is everything that I love about film, and and I will say that it's not perfect. And, and I, I was the first one to call out some of the inconsistencies in the story. But when you look at at an art form, what differentiates movies from books or paintings or anything else like it's the dynamic use of color it's the way people move it's the way shots are framed like this is everything i love about cinema and this is a true cinematic gem and uh this is actually a movie that plays quite a bit in midnight screenings if you have a landmark theater in your town uh, you'll be able to catch it at some point point. one of my biggest regrets is having as not seeing this in a midnight screening when i had the opportunity um it's so great to look at that it makes up for any other flaws that it has story wise in my mind and I don't know if you can tell us this one the most excited I've been to podcast about a movie in a really 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 long time so hardest of yeses for me Let's go to uh, Zach, our special guest on this episode. Yes or no?
1: I'll definitely say yes, um, for a lot of those same reasons. I mean, it's, you know, even though the the craziness of the uh, dialogue and the way that the characters act is a bit stilted sometimes, all of that just kind of adds a fun little charm. But yeah, it's really a visual feast. It's uh, got a ton of atmosphere... Really, really cool shot composition, really cool colors. Yeah, it's a very cinematic experience, really fun thing. I would also love to see it on the big screen in a midnight showing. I've never gotten the chance. So, yeah, definitely yes for me.
0: Uh, let's go to our most recent host, Stevie on Child's Play. Yes or no?
2: Um, literally, everything you guys just said, I love this movie. For first time watching, I was blown away. Even though, like you guys said, the story was razor thin. Uh, the <laughs> acting could be better. Yeah. But it's, it's just fun to watch. I don't know what it is. It's one of those movies where you're just looking at it going, man, this is just a cool movie. So if you haven't seen it, watch it. It's fantastic. Hardest of yeses.
0: And Brett for American Movie?
3: Uh, yeah, it's going to be a no dog. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not nominated for enough Oscars no just not good enough um, it, I mean everything you guys have said is I mean the colors were awesome like the red and like it was really green or whatever it's kind of like a cheap rip off of the Matrix but whatever and um, the music was cool I just thought the, God, the, the story was so thin um, the acting was awful the dubbing was awful uh, the story, it looked like, it was like six little mini stories put together, but not like really good put together, like a nine year old stitching like a teddy bear back together, but it looks like Frankenstein. So, um, I don't know if that made sense. It made sense to me. It's i I'm like, there were some parts that were okay. I just, it's a no, it's a no. Sorry guys. Huh. That's fair. I wanted to like it. I really, really, really wanted to like it. Uh, I just kept waiting for something to happen. And I even said to Brittany, like, the last 15 minutes, after it was over, I said, I liked the last 15 minutes. I mean, because, like, finally something happened. But it was so rushed. It was like an hour, 15 minutes of nothing. And then they tried to throw this quick storyline together. I mean, which is, like, where they really mentioned until, like, an hour into the movie. It's just weird. Just weird. Just a miss for me. Just, yeah.
0: No, I respect the hell out of that. No, I'll say this too: like, if you go on Letterbox, this is too controversial of a film for everyone to be sucking its dick. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, some yeah, people should sure. hate this movie. It's too, it's too out there for everyone to love it. So I'm really glad that we had that voice on the pod. But let's round it out with Josh, who us on King Kong vs Godzilla. What's your yes or no?
4: <laughs> an actual high quality movie. Love King that Kong. movie. Godzilla. Yeah, an actual good movie. actual <laughs> film. <laughs> Uh, for better or worse, I think this movie had a lot of ideas that it just throws out there, and some of them hit, some of them don't, um, some of them hit really well, and some of them really strike out. Uh, I think overall they're asking Jessica Harper to do way too much, especially what comes to mind are, like, the scenes where she, like, needs to be sick or get sleepy (laughs) and be weary, like... Could they help her out with some camera tricks or like, some blurring? Or, I don't know. I thought that was like a really bad part of the movie. Um, so this is one I would honestly coming into this pod, I didn't know what I was going to say, yes or no, and I I was really listening to everything you guys said. So just to walk you guys through what my yes or no is: Would I recommend it to a common person? I really think only a true cinephile would like this. So, probably wouldn't. Did I enjoy watching it? (sighs) Yes, the visuals are striking, but some of those scenes are so drawn out. Like I wanted Uh to press that times two button so bad Uh a lot of times in this movie. (laughs) Great feature of (laughs) (laughs)
0: Toopee.
4: And then, is there enough, just like the art in it and what you think in hindsight? And I think as like a story guy... There isn't a lot. I think this movie is great to talk about, um, but I and I respect the hell out of it. But ultimately, I think overall, I gotta give it a no. It's just it just doesn't quite hold enough water for me. Boy. The visuals are it, the visuals are striking and great. And in my memory, I'll always remember this red and that silhouette from like the witch, and it's crazy and striking. But yeah. I, I'll give it a no, and I'm with you, Brett. Yeah.
0: So what does that make it some uh, maggot in, uh, infested red wine? <laughs> vegetables? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. It's not for everyone.
0: A little bit of quick on-air admin, Jack. Josh, are you re- are you recusing? Re- Jesus, Josh, are you recruising? Re- recruising. Re- 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 are you yourself from trivia?
4: Do I have a beer in a koozie? Is that what you yeah. are? You
3: recusing <laughs> yourself from trivia? Are you
4: Got re- it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, a little look behind the scenes. I have to travel for work the next two weeks, like Wednesday through Friday slash Saturday. So we could to probably
0: be... push the we could probably push the pod two weeks if you. It's up to you. If you want to take a one couple off, it's fine.
4: I I really don't want to do that to the pod. I think I could use some time to think. Um, I just heard Big Dumb Movie Podcast had another Josh guest on their podcast today, so. Um, I feel like I'm kind of being buried under history, and I just need to take some time to think.
0: (laughs) Okay, well, I'd still like uh, you to participate in trivia in a way, and Zach, you too. Uh, Okay. I have, uh, let's see, I have 32 questions left from the Evil Dead trivia that I made three fucking years (laughs) ago. (laughs) God. So we're going back to the well. Uh, So it's going to be just a Stevie V. Brett mono-e-mono e, mono showdown. Uh, the way ching. this works is you guys will get one pass, one fifty fifty, 50 and one strike, but now we have two eliminators in this, and we'll, we'll sort of switch off and on. Uh, Brett, I'll give you the choice. Would you rather have Josh trying to eliminate you or Zach trying to eliminate you, as you have the advantage in hosting l- less recently?
3: <laughs> oh, man. Um... What's the thing go with the devil you know instead of the one you don't know? Now, obviously, I know Zach. I went to high school with him, but I'm going to go with Josh trying to eliminate me.
1: Go for okay. it, dude.
0: Go for it. <laughs> so so here's the way this will work is I have, 30, like I said, 32 odd questions left. These were made in 2017, and I have not double-checked the, in, the fidelity of these questions since then. But multiple choice. Uh, you can pass a question. You can uh, take a strike where you just miss it, uh, or you can do a 50-50. But the caveat on the, stri- uh, the strike and the 50-50 is if you miss the question and the chaser behind you gets it right, you're out. So if Stevie, if you miss his first question and Zach does know the answer, you'll be eliminated. And it makes kind of the, the 50-50 a very deadly lifeline because if you use it and you still miss, it's pretty much game over. Gotcha. I get a okay. pass though, right? Yep, you get a pass, a 50 50, and a strike. But again, with that strike. Is it two could strikes, be, you're out?
4: Could be game over.
0: We'll do two strikes, because I have a lot of questions. We'll do two strikes. Nah, fuck it. We'll do three strikes, you're oh, out. Oh, All right,
2: but if, if Zach <laughs> gets it,
3: I'm out. You're,
0: the game is over, correct. Oh, man, so, oh wow.
3: It's rough. Jeez. Whoa, so it, it'll, it'll
1: if
0: be, he
3: gets it, I thought it was I thought it just if it was
0: a 50 50. No, no, no. If, if, if you miss a question, Brett. And Josh, with with a smaller subset of answers, gets it right. You, you will have lost the trivia.
3: Wow. Okay. Okay.
0: So, Stevie, question Ugh. one. Uh, what? <laughs> God damn. I love these questions. What year was the first werewolf movie released? 1913, 1923, 1933, or 1943? And we have two strikes, a pass, and a 50 50
4: three strikes. Well, yeah, two strikes to give, I guess. Yeah. What uh, the years? <laughs> 1913,
0: 1923, 1933, 1943. The first werewolf movie. That's uh, the first mummy movie. Werewolf, not mummy. I
2: know, but it's all around the same time. <laughs> Ah, bless it. Uh, you have lifelines. No, fuck that. I'm just going to go for strikes. Uh, save them for later. <laughs> let's hit it with a... Uh, let's go 13. That is
3: correct. Let's go. Oh, Ooh, Aggressive
0: play. Very wow. early on in the history of cinema has have werewolves been involved. Brett.
3: Holy crap.
0: What country did trick or treating originate? Ireland? England? The United States? For Canada? Oh, (laughs) jeez. That's
4: tough. Okay,
1: questions from four years ago.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Did you guys know that Eric Clapton purportedly beat and raped his wife?
1: Oh, good God. No, I did not know that. Uh, That's funny. He's a real piece of shit. (laughs) I was reading about him. I think
4: it's overblown.
3: Uh, I'm going to pass.
0: Interesting strategy. Stevie... In what country did trick-or-treating originate? Ireland, England, United States, or Canada? Pass it back
3: to him. Oh.
0: <laughs> no.
3: Nice. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> but if I get I win, right? No. Oh. You would be at a very serious advantage, but you would not have won. Oh. Well, I'll pass it back to Brett. There you go.
3: <laughs>
0: Ireland, England, USA, Canada, the origin of trick-or-treating. Brett.
3: Uh, uh, um, United States. <laughs> oh, yes, correct.
4: Decent. Yeah. A true patriot.
1: Nice. So now, a true a true patriot, patriot,
0: Brett. We have three <laughs> strikes remaining for each guy and a 50 50, but the 50 50 is deadly. Stevie, back to you. What was the top grossing spooky film of 2012? paranormal activity 4 Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter Great movie The Devil Inside Silent Night
3: Devil Inside Devil Inside, Pop- inside. spooky film Every of 2012 Paranormal inside. Activity
0: 4 Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter The Devil Inside or Silent
1: Night That's also <sighs> terrible Is Devil
2: Inside with Eric Bana?
1: I don't know. Never saw it.
2: What was the last one? Silent Night?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Maynard. I get two, two strikes, right? Three strikes? Three. Three strikes,
0: but if Zach gets it and you missed it, that is the end of the game, and I have lots of questions left, and I will be disappointed. Oh,
1: oh dear. That's blood, Ste- man. <laughs> Stevie, mm.
4: did you know that Eric Clapton broke stop, up stop, Cream? Stop, To <laughs> so rape and
2: beat his wife? Stop. Stop.
4: <laughs> I don't know what's <laughs> true anymore.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's the real spooky spoiler of all this. Harry Clapton 54. raped and beat his wife.
0: Abraham Lincoln vampire hunter. The devil inside of Silent Night. We need an answer or a lifeline.
2: Mm. Yeah, give me fifty-fifty.
0: Holy 50. Oh, shit! Computer, eliminate two of the wrong answers. Paranormal Activity 4 or Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter? Ugh. Computer is ruthless.
2: Yeah, considering those don't help at all. Um, let's go with Paranormal Activity 4.
0: <laughs> Stevie with Balls of Steel. Thank God. Right.
1: He got it right yes. elimination. Nice, dude. Alright.
0: <laughs> Brett, who still has his 50 50, both contestants have three strikes. Where does the now-dead tradition of bobbing for apples originate? Jeez. America, during the Revolutionary War? Egypt, during the time of Christ? England, during the Industrial Revolution? Or Ancient Rome, during the invasion of Britain? Britannia? Dear God. Colonial America, Ancient Egypt, Industrial England, or Ancient Rome? Basically. If I can give you more detailed... Uh, I'm verses. gonna go
3: with... Colonial America.
0: Josh, for the chance to eliminate Brett, (gasps) where does the now-dead tradition of bobbing for apples come from? Egypt during the time of Christ? England during the Industrial Revolution? Or ancient Rome during the invasion of
4: Britannia? Pappy, these questions are genius. (laughs) I wrote
0: these three years ago and I'm so proud of old Pappy.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Spoilers will end when these questions are finally dry, but um, I think two of those answers are just a little too ancient for people to just be dipping their heads into water, <sighs> wasting apples in <and> water. <laughs> so I'm so going to say <laughs> the Industrial Revolution.
0: Uh, Brett lives to see another day, but he does get a strike. It was during ancient Rome, during the invasion what? of Britannia. It is a very old tradition and That's rightly same. outdated bobbing for apples because that shit is gross uh, Stevie <laughs> yeah
3: think the biz is too but we still do that
0: crap back to you how many grams of sugar are in a Reese's peanut butter cup
3: the perfect four, the perfect amount
0: five is eight, there a good ten? amount of sugar four five eight or ten grams of sugar in a Reese's peanut butter cup <sighs> four
2: five
0: eight ten mm-hmm and they may have changed the recipe since 2017. Whenever <laughs> I wrote these, but
2: Horse shit. <laughs> Hate your questions.
0: <laughs> God, you lousy troll, troll. Tro- tro-
2: Bless America. Uh, let's go middle of the road. Let's go eight.
0: Oh my God, Stevie, that is correct. Let's go. <laughs> wow, nice. Back to Brett. How? As of, I actually did update this one because I was kind of previewing the questions. I just want to make sure is right as of 2019 how many Halloween films have been released oh jeez Halloween Michael Myers 6 10 11 13 I'm talking about the franchise Halloween how many Halloween films have been released 6 10 11 or 13
3: Halloween Halloween 2 Halloween 3 Halloween H20 Halloween Resurrection Rob Zombie 1 the new one probably another Rob Zombie What was was after 6? 10,
0: 11, or 15?
3: That's tough. I'm going to go with 10.
4: That's
0: two strikes for Brett. Josh, to eliminate Brett, is it 6, 11, or 13.
4: Can you read the question in full again?
0: Yeah. As of 2019, how many Halloween films, the Halloween franchise, have been released? Released. Six, 11, or 13?
4: Six. Brett. Josh has never seen a Halloween
0: movie. But his back is against the wall. There have been 11 Halloween films released since... I would have said 13.
4: Sorry, I 70s. wasn't really paying attention because I was trying to get more air clapped backs. But end. I'll digress. Please keep Still doing
0: that. On any question, uh, back to you, Stevie. Zach, uh, because I had to answer a question yet. Yeah, Stevie, you have both strikes but no lifelines. Uh, Brett, sounds about right. A fifty-fifty, right? Yep. But two strikes. All right, Stevie. What was the top-grossing spooky film of two thousand one? Jeepers Creepers, the others, ghosts. or or, excuse me jeepers creepers the others 13 ghosts or hannibal 2001
2: oh see i don't know how regionally that works because it's like if i remember correctly like people were lined up around the block for hannibal Uh, but i also know that jeepers creepers held like the labor day record for like opening weekend Okay.
3: Let's go Hannibal.
0: Fuck, Stevie is too fucking good at this
3: Let's game. That was, <laughs> that was super, That one was super easy, nice. though, but that's
0: right. Jeepers Creepers was a Stevie pick, and I thought for sure he would uh, fall victim to that. It's one of my favorite Bra- horror
3: movies, dude. What year
0: was Young Frankenstein released? I have in parentheses a movie I have a poster of. I don't have that movie poster anymore. It's kind of sad. But what year was Young Frankenstein released? 1974? 1979? Nineteen
3: eighty
1: 1980 or nineteen eighty-three. Fifty-fifty,
3: please. Nineteen seventy-four or nineteen eighty. Oh, jeez, that's you eliminated the one I thought for sure was right. So,
0: okay. That computer did for the record. So
3: not, not <laughs> Don't get tricked by the black and whites. Oh my gosh. 74 and 80, you said? Mm hmm. Uh, 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 I have no freaking idea. Which? Um, can I have another 50 50, please? <laughs> no, you might
0: not. <laughs> this is the game Young Frankenstein. 74 or 80?
3: 1980.
0: And your yes! winner, A new host of spoilers. Uh, Young Frankenstein was released in 1974. Ah. A valiant effort by Brett, but Stevie, you have uh, one. We still have so many questions left on this. I'm actually discussion. kind of
3: relieved that Stevie. I've I've been texting with my wife all night trying to figure out what pick, and I've been going crazy about it. So I'm kind of glad that I didn't have to pick. All right, well, Stevie.
0: All right. You have the option of going Spooky Spoilers or Not Spooky Spoilers. This will come out about Halloween time. But before you decide, uh, let's first kick it to Spoiler man to read us our plugs, and then you can give us our, our next movie.
1: Spoiler Man here. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcastspoilers. It's lit. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme song.
0: And we're back. Thank you, Spoiler Man. Stevie, what will be the movie that we'll be podcasting next week?
1: This is
2: our final spooky spoiler, right?
0: Mm-hmm. It should probably come out on Halloween Day.
3: Ooh, Ooh
2: hoo, hoo. okay. Well, I see the poster for this movie everywhere. I always see it on lists. I'm pretty sure this movie scarred my wife a long time ago. Um, so we are gonna watch 2009's The
3: Collector. Decent. Ooh. 29 on Metascore There we go. Let's do it.
0: <laughs> well, I'm pretty excited. Thank you guys for uh, another spooky Spores Zach, great appearance as always. One Thanks. of our best guests.
1: Thanks for Bringing having it me, it. guys. It was a great time. Thanks. Let's Zach do it man. again. Right All on. Right. Well,
0: thank you for listening, and that was spoilers.